What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Today on What Got You There Sean talks with Cynthia Johnson Cynthia is an entrepreneur, marketing professional, author, and keynote speaker. She is co-founder and CEO at Bell & Ivy, a digital marketing and personal branding agency in Santa Monica, California. She is founder at Cynthia Live and co-founder at Pinch Sea Salt. Previously, she was partner and director of marketing for Rank Lab, a digital marketing agency listed in Inc. Magazine's fastest growing private companies. Until Rank Lab was acquired in 2015 by AAC Holdings Incorporated, Cynthia is an advisory board member for the Millennium Alliance, a leading technology, business, and educational advisory firm serving Fortune 1000 C-level executives. Cynthia was listed as top personal branding experts in 2017 by Entrepreneur, top 50 marketers on Snapchat by Mashable, and Most Influential Woman in Business by Tenfold Research. Her work has been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, Huffington Post, Time, and several other industry-specific publications. Hey, Cynthia, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, excited for this one. Uh, You're someone who's done an unbelievable job building their own brand, starting some companies, and uh, you had an interesting road to getting where you are today. So uh, I'd like to rewind a little bit. You started off being homeschooled, didn't you? Yeah, I was homeschooled. That's right. Uh, For the first, you know, I think it started school actually fifth grade. Yeah. What kind of impact do you think that had on you? Uh, You know, I think it really... Uh, made me, I, you know, I think it really made me see things uh, from a, a different perspective in the sense that, you know, uh, I would, I was doing these like videos uh, and, you know, maybe if I didn't want to watch them and no one's around, I was like fast forward them or like, uh, and I really had to be a self learner and also realize that, you know, I, I saw the ways around things a little bit easier and, uh, and definitely, had a different perspective on authority and um, probably just structure around, you know, the typical structure of school and you do this, and, you know, the, the way we go about life um, because I started out having a different, you know, different intro into what that really meant. So uh, I think it's had a probably a bigger impact on me than even I've given it credit for. Oh, I got you. I mean, what happens then when you transition into a actual typical structure in a normal school system? Were you pretty rebellious? Did you get good grades? What were you like then? So, I mean, in the beginning, actually, I was um, they were, I was put into a uh, like higher level classes, and I was kind of just honestly a little bit bored. Um, and then as I went, you know, got more into you know, later grades, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of rebellion. I just didn't understand why, you know, if my perspective was if school was there to teach you, then why would, did I have to do things that I either already knew about um, or knew how to do and, and or uh, why did I have to learn certain things without any explanation? So kind of created a little bit of rebellion just because I didn't, I didn't know why I wasn't getting the answers I was looking for. Uh, and why everyone was so concerned with why I was asking <laughs> <laughs> these questions. Uh, and so it, it, it felt a little bit, 
just because, yeah, you know, it kind of hurts your spirit a little bit. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I fought back (laughs) in my own way. Do you find yourself questioning everything today as well? Well, absolutely. Probably more so. Um, You know, and it's not only everything around you, but also yourself. Uh, You know, why am I doing this? What do I expect to get out of it? Uh, Who's being impacted by my my decisions? Uh, And also, you know, the same goes for everything else. Uh, From why do I sit at a desk to, you know, uh, why do I have to file these certain, uh, let's say, like, I have city tax in Santa Monica where I'm at right now. I'm like, maybe I need to join the, and <laughs> change a few things around here. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about these tax dollars. Um, you know, so I think asking questions is definitely a big part of who I am. And I've, I try to actively be doing that. You know, it's a, it's a conscious effort uh, as much as a subconscious one. I mean, yeah, the, the questions you ask, and I mean, they're going to bring different results in your life. So it's cool to see how you're really mm-hmm. challenging certain things that you see. But I also want to know now, so I mean, you finished college, what's next for you? I, I've heard you've done a few interesting things prior to uh, where you're currently at, didn't you? I did. I did. I've, uh, I would call myself a, a proud quitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've started quite a few things. Uh, you know, I I explored every interest, uh, and then again, I would stop and ask, like, why am I doing this? So, uh, at first, you know, I left uh, high school, then I uh, ended up moving to Miami to work in shows. Uh, that didn't last very long. <laughs> and I came back, and uh, you know, I said, like, mom, I'm you know, 19 now, and I'm not going to be. I'm going to do things the right way, and just I'm gonna go to school. And I uh, decided I'm going to move to. To Hollywood and, and study stunt choreography, and she was just like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, and you know, stunt choreography, acting, phonetics, and this whole thing. And so uh, I did, and I graduated uh, right at the peak of the you know the 2008 recession. So uh, when you are your job is to swing broadsword at someone's face. It becomes a harder job to get than the average job, and so all of these the studios started. Um, you know, firing people and merging versus uh, adding new talent. So I was like, well, this isn't going to work, but I'm not going to leave LA. uh, And I hate acting because I hate waiting around for things. So I uh, went back to school. I became my, so I became my agent's assistant, went back to school and um, studied Mandarin and business. Um, And then I traveled, uh, to you know, China quite a bit. Uh, really dove into into the the culture there, and, um, and then I took an, an internship at a, a company that said it was focused in Asian markets, but it ended up being a Japanese company out in LA. So it, it kind of threw a wrench in my my plans. Uh, and then as soon as I uh, took a job there, I yeah I had this like quarter life crisis. I was like, this can't be. All there is in the world is like I get up, I go to work, and I do work for someone else, and I come home. And no matter how great the company is, it just it felt um, it just didn't feel like natural. Uh, so I I did I I called uh, one of my best friends who lives in Norway, she's in the region. Did you want to you know travel the world for six months and figure figure out what we're supposed to be doing? And she said yes. So we <laughs> called this uh, good <laughs> We called a travel agent. Yeah, uh, and. We just said, look, here are the places we want to go based on what it costs to, to be there. 
this is how much we want to spend on the tickets. You know, call us when it's booked. And so we got a call one day, and for eleven hundred dollars, we uh, had tickets from LA to New Zealand, New Zealand uh, to Australia, Australia to uh, Bali, Bali to Singapore, Singapore back to Bali, and then uh, we ended up flying home from Cambodia. So that was my quarter life crisis. I sold my car, my clothes, my furniture, everything, and uh, took off with my backpack. And, you know, uh, that really was a, you know, eye opener. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so much we could jump into right there. But before we kind of hit more on that quarter life crisis, I want to know, do you still practice your sword fighting at all? You know, I don't uh, as much as I should. (laughs) You know, it's, you have to have a partner in these things. (laughs) So uh, it's, you know, not something that I I would love to get back into once, uh, when I have, I think, the the bandwidth to do it, because it's a commitment, you know, like anything else. And uh, it is something that you can't just really walk in and out of, because again, you're you're sword fighting. (laughs) So... (laughs) And no matter, you know, how, uh, like, seemingly soft or uh, fake the, the weapons issues, whether it's a gold toy or not, like, you can still damage someone, someone if you get too close. Or, so it's, it's something you really have to, to commit to. And so um, I do hope to one day get back into it as, like, my hobby. Uh, but martial arts in general and, uh, and Mandarin, I think, are both amazing practices that I'd, I'd like to, you know, build back into my life when I have the time. No, very cool. I'm I'm reading the book Musashi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. One of the the greatest samurais of all time. So it just really piqued my interest when I heard that. Oh wow! No, what is the name? Would you say Musashi? Um, um, I'm so terrible at remembering names. I have to look. It's a huge book. It's like a thousand pages long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Very interesting Mm -hmm. though. Yeah. So I mean, with your quarter life crisis. I mean, how does that, you end up selling all your stuff. Is there one moment in time where you're mm-hmm. like, yep, this is happening? Or was it kind of a progression over time? Uh, no. So it was definitely, I got the call. I was uh, lunch. I got a call from the travel agent. And then I called my mom and I said, uh, so and I had taken the full-time job and they moved me into a new project and I ended up loving the project. So it's kind of that became a little bit hard, but uh I, you know, I made a commitment to someone. So I called my mom. I said, look, I'm going to go in. I'm going to quit because um, this is happening. And she's like, don't quit. Don't quit. She's like, ask for the time off. And I was like, who's going to give you that kind of time off? Like, no one. So I went in and then, you know, I said, the first thing in my mouth is I need some time off. So I don't know why I said that. And uh, my mom was in my head. And they were like, okay, well, well, you know, how, how much time do you need? And I was like, six to nine months they were like okay um (laughs) and uh then they actually came back and said you know look if you quit we the company policies that we can't hire you back and what we're going to do is we're going to put you on a stipend uh until you come back so that you can uh you know have a job here and i was like wow you're really going to give me the nine months off and i just do some social media posting for them while i was gone and you know, that was, they never asked where I went and I never said anything. And, <laughs> you know, that was it. Uh, so then when that, once I had that, uh, 
So I was like, wow, this is great. Then the next thing, you know, for me is once something's in motion, I kind of just start checking things off my list. Um, and yeah, started selling things, uh, and making plans, you know, figuring out how, where I was going to stay, what, you know, things I wanted to see. And you know, we were also giving kind of the time frame of how long we were going to be somewhere. So, uh, we had to figure out you know, what we were going to spend and which places we want to see. And like, you know, we would find one place and fly to another and like, okay, how do we get to get from point A to point B? <laughs> that was up to us. Uh, and, you know, we met some friends along the way that are still, you know, amazing friends to stay all over the world. And, uh, you know, I don't really have a, uh, I mean, everyone questions things, right? Like, should I, you know, um, purchase this thing or should I have made this decision? But I'm usually pretty, pretty good about when once I've made a decision, uh, seeing it through until it doesn't feel right. Some sound advice there. What, where was your favorite place you guys went? Uh, so I really, there were some amazing places. So, uh, you know, New Zealand was great for the outdoors. We, you know, uh, we did cave diving and hiked glaciers uh, and jumped out of airplanes. <laughs> all these, these crazy things. Uh, but I really fell in love with uh, with Cambodia, Bali for just the cultural aspect like Cambodia because it really wasn't set up for tourism. It really isn't set up for people to be there. At least it wasn't at this time. So you saw the, you got to meet the people in a different way and you got to have conversations and to see things uh, from a really natural perspective. Not that we didn't in other places, but it felt, uh, it felt very surreal almost. And it was the last place that we went and, you know, uh, so we walked across the border actually from Thailand into Cambodia. And what happened was that we had given up all of our Thai money because we were going into Cambodia. And in Cambodia, they take U.S. dollars and the Cambodian dollar. So when we, I had gotten sick a few days before we were supposed to leave. So we ended up overstaying in, in Thailand and when we walked across the border, they were only taking Thai cash to pay the days you'd overstayed. So we only had enough money and the distance to get back to where we were with the guide and everything was very, was very far. So we only had enough money to get one of us out. So I was in Cambodia begging for Thai money to get my friend out of Thailand. <laughs> and my friend in Thailand was begging for Thai money to get out of Thailand. <laughs> Uh, so you, you go through these experiences and it's, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, so definitely something that I suggest everyone do at any age is to let go, um, as much as you, as you can and take some time to really see not, it's not even about where you go so much as about how much you separate yourself from your normal life. Because what, be, when you have nothing but a backpack, you all of a sudden becomes really clear what's important to you. So do you feel like after those six months, you were completely refreshed and uh, that quarter-life crisis was over? Oh, absolutely. I came back and I ended up, I, I had two jobs. <laughs> I had two jobs and that was it. I used to stop at Macy's on my walk. So I would take the subway because I sold my car. And so I would stop at Macy's on my way home from work to pick up a new outfit for the next day. Huh. 
it, and I remember it cutting my like, like travel bracelets off and kind of like crying. <laughs> that was a, you know, separation anxiety for that. But yeah, I felt like I had walked back in with a clear head and all of a sudden I knew, I knew what I didn't want. I knew what tools I had that I enjoyed using to, to help me get to where I, what I thought would ultimately was my goal. And that was, uh, really to just have this sense of freedom. I mean, good for you. That's so cool to hear. I feel like there's so many people today who talk about doing that, but here's someone who actually did do it. And then I want to transition into Bell Ivy. I mean, how do you end up then being a founder on a company, being CEO currently? How does that transition happen? Well, when I got, uh, came back to the company, I was, uh, the company I was working at, they, uh, they ended up, they ended up closing the doors and I posted this, uh, I posted this thing on Facebook and I said, Hey, I just got laid off. This is what I do. And I'm looking for this position. And someone I went to high school with in Nevada, which is not California, <laughs> was like, Hey, I, I, I live here now uh, and we're hiring for that position. So I went and, you know, became the fifth employee hired there, uh, helped build that company out to a full service digital agency with an amazing team and amazing CEO. And then we were acquired. Uh, we were acquired by a public health care company. I worked there for a year and saw just a lot of things. You know, I had a contract, couldn't leave. Uh, and there, there was just a lot of things that I didn't want, didn't want in my life. And I started to be able to identify those and, uh, and that, you know, I had worked with my co-founder, Zach Binder, uh, at the past two companies. So we decided to, uh, to launch this business so that we could end up in ventures and projects and work with people that we cared about and were passionate about. So we did. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, you're someone who's built your own personal brand. Can we tell that story as well? I mean, you went from what, about 800 followers to I think just recently you're at around 1.6 million. I, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. How do you go about doing that? You, know, you don't make it about necessarily the... I, what happens with personal branding is that people focus so much on the personal branding parts that they forget that brands want to be more human. They are trying, like authenticity to a brand is a human element. People are already human. We are already everything a brand wants to be. And so figuring out what your goals are, being okay to fail and thinking outside the box are extremely important. So for me, I wanted to, you know, I ended up doing social media for healthcare companies and I would go to these conferences and they, no one, the people that spoke mostly and they do an amazing job, but they were working for these, you know, Taco Bell and uh, Oreo and they're really fun brands. And I had come from a really fun brand before that was live streaming. I'd worked with all those guys. And so now I'm here on this, Space where I have to learn SEO and have to do these things, and there were there wasn't a lot of uh, there weren't a lot of people talking or speaking to that, and so I figured out, well, I'll do it, and I will create these chats and this space where people can have these conversations and share ideas, so that we're not doing it all on our own, uh, because more than not having multiple perspectives is always a negative. Because you're only seeing it from one point of view, and art—if art teaches us anything—is that you know every angle is different. So, 
So I started being very specific about why I was using social media, what I wanted to, to use it for. And I started sharing everything I was finding. I uh, would create case studies and I started applying to speak at things because I felt like there was a space for it. And my brand was built out of the conversations that I was having with other people and it evolved as I evolved. So when I you know, became more focused on digital marketing primarily and more focused on brand development, more focused on entrepreneurship as I evolved sort of the brand. Uh, and so I just made, a, I made my story a conversation and I shared the, the struggles and the, the great parts with, with people. And a lot of the people that used to follow me actively are now more popular than I am on social mm-hmm. media because they they really went for the grind. Like it, it's it's just incredible to see the transition and being supportive of other people, and not necessarily competing. Because again, it's your personal brand. If you're just being you and you're really honest with yourself and you're making goal based decisions, then you don't need to compete. You like partnerships are key uh, because everyone that you surround yourself with in your you know. Obviously, identity matrix. It's everything. Everyone that you're surrounded by, everyone you communicate with, becomes part of your identity. And so, the more you surround yourself with people doing amazing things, the more amazing you will become. Uh, so that's that's kind of where it all started. But really, it's just talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, putting it out there, asking for feedback, not being overly critical of yourself or others, uh, and and that is that's where it all builds from. <laughs> you know, uh, you'll 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 start to feel the flow of it once you you're putting it in front of other people and you realize that their feedback is not negative. It's really supportive and and productive. Yeah, being your true self, I mean, the the feedback you get from fans and and people who are also in similar positions, not only are you helping them out, you're you're helping them explain to other people what they're going through currently as well. And you mentioned supporting other people. It's so funny when you and I first got connected, I think immediately you connected me with five other people and said, hey, this is a great person I think you should meet. Where does that come from? I mean, you're unbelievable at that. You can be two things, Uh, really. It's, you know, you're either entertaining or you're useful. Everything else is acquaintance-based, right? Uh, But if you really want to connect with people, you need to listen to them. You need to provide uh, something of value. And don't, underestimating your own network again back to this idea of your identity matrix all the people you know probably just want to know each other and that's what puts you at the center of it all Uh, and sometimes you don't have time to jump on the podcast right away but you are also saying hey I don't have time for this right now because of x y and z but to show you uh, that you know I'm invested and interested in the relationship here are people I know would find who are actively looking for this at this moment and let's keep connecting. Uh, and the more, you know, people I know, the more we're going to interact and work together, uh, but it does require listening. Uh, you have to listen to people and hear about what they're trying to achieve and understand that when you're making a connection, it's a valuable connection for, for both people <laughs> and not just one side or the other. I, I, I'm not really quite sure where, you know, the, I started doing that. Uh, probably my entire life. Maybe it's because I have a giant family. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, you have to figure out how to manage personalities. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my value ladder is that I do know some amazing people that are doing amazing things and I love to connect with them. I mean, you mentioned listening. Do you have another skill set you think you're just phenomenal at? Good question. Uh, yeah, so connecting, connecting is like the big one, right? But I, I also think that I'm probably, uh, I'm, I'm probably pretty good at, I mean, really, I'm just, I'm pretty good at pe- people. Like, I, I like to, even in a, from a business perspective, I tend to look at it from the human element. So uh, if, if, let's say, uh, with cryptocurrency being this huge thing, right? Uh, I was just having this conversation with someone. If you want to know the next move, well, think of the human element. Look at who's in charge and where the relationships are and how those are growing. Um, and you know, I think that sometimes is probably what I'm best at figuring out what, what people want and even attaching it to, to businesses and growth opportunities. Um, more so even than actively being involved in the growth process, because it's always about teams in my perspective. So that's it. everything else is a, just a continuous learning. I could say I'm amazing at 10 things that tomorrow, I'll, if I don't continue to do it, like, you know, sword fighting, for instance, uh, <laughs> then I'm not, I'm not going to be the best at it. And so, so that's why I would say for sure, uh, that's my natural ability and everything else is just practice. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. You mentioned crypto. Any uh, different ones you're keeping your eye on? I saw you post a few months ago. How much did your parents make? Was it on Ripple? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, it's gone, it's, you know, it goes up and down, uh, but uh, it's been incredible to watch this thing that, I again human element, so I follow investments. I follow Google uh, Google Venture Investments, just because if they're investing in it, uh, then it's going it's going somewhere. I see something, uh, and just years ago, this this thing popped up, and I fell down a rabbit hole of figuring out what it was, and everyone was 
was kind of, you know, what is this? I had to buy it on, I had to buy it on eBay and um, the wallets were not secure and this whole thing. Uh, and my, uh, my dad got into it, my stepdad, and he ended up mining cryptocurrencies and then using what he created to then invest into, into Ripple, which was about $50 investment. And that ended up being, uh, I think it ended up getting to about, Something forty seven thousand, uh, maybe the highest is like sixty three. Uh, but I don't know if they cashed out or not. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice little return on investment there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so as you're starting to experience more success, I mean you're connected with so many people. How do you decide what projects to take on and how to say no? The person. Huh. So if someone brings a project to me, I look at first uh, do I morally agree with whatever it is? Uh, everyone has an opinion. If I don't, if I don't understand it enough to make that decision, uh, I need to to take a deep, bigger, deep dive uh, before making it. Then, if it's something that kind of okay, I, I get it. Then I look to the person and I uh, make a couple introductions and I see how they react to those introductions. Uh, and then I look at where they sort of uh, are, would see me fit and make sure that's that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, I look at everything else I have and what is coming to an end and what I need to offload. And so funny, I just had this conversation today with someone uh, and figure out if I can prioritize it and, and ask for the time I need to do that. Because if it is a fit, then it's, people will be, <laughs> you know, because it's always better to take your time to make the right decision than to just make decisions because you're excited. It's very easy to get excited about things. It's very difficult to, uh, to, you know, really follow through and continue to uh, build upon something or build upon excitement when the work becomes a thing, you know, because nothing's easy. And if it is easy, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. Like, what are you doing? It's probably overdone. <laughs> So, but it's really, for me, it's definitely about the people. If I can't introduce you to people I know with, and, not, and, and feel comfortable about it, then we cannot work together. I mean, you've mentioned people over and over again. Who are you looking to for advice, information? Who are you studying? Who are you learning from? Uh, so there's people, you know, in history that I really like. <laughs> uh, I've got some mentors. Well, one of my mentors, Mark Goldston, he wrote the book, Just Listen, uh, Talking to Crazy. He is has the most genuine heart in the, in the world. He's actually one of the only people ever invited to speak in, uh, in Russia about listening. Uh, he's a big advocate of empathy and he's, he's amazing. So definitely one of my go-to people, uh, for sure. I think uh, I have an amazing ecosystem of, of friends that are doing amazing things uh, that I go to for different reasons. Uh, and and then I, I look at you know, companies and projects that are able to really accomplish big things. Um, and, and it's usually case by case. A project that I've been introduced to recently that I really have sort of fallen in love with and love watching is the Bail Project. Uh, they, you know, seek to end mass incarceration. Uh, I've looked at, uh, you know, Library for All, the girl that I was introduced to recently, who's trying to bring books to underserved areas around the world. 
uh, and people that are really innovative in how they're doing it. They're creating funds. They're creating, uh, you know, for-profit uh, like ideas around nonprofit ideas. And you're seeing uh, just people take charge. So I, I like to follow those those things. Uh, but but surrounding yourself with mentors that are have strengths in the things that you are not strong in, um, and actively seeking them out, and not even just to say, oh, hey, will you be my mentor? Just have a conversation with them, uh, you know, and if the relationship builds, maybe you get to that point, but find people that are, and, and take them to coffee, you know, <laughs> because again, just like talent, you know, the people you're looking to are going, should evolve as you, as you evolve and your goals change. I mean, you mentioned bringing on those mentors that kind of are able to surround you with skill sets that you're not very good at. What would you say you're not very good at? So I'm not great at the, like, so the one thing I'm terrible at, day to day. So, uh, for instance, like if I need a driver's license (laughs) or I need to file some paperwork, like the stuff everyone's got to do, you know, like, like those, like, how do you incorporate that into your life? And people don't like, uh, you think that that's not like a big deal, but it's a huge deal. Like, because it, it, if someone who's organizing their day to be, you know, one thing after the other, and then all of a sudden you're thrown this thing that you have to do and you don't really understand it, it's a wrench. And that's definitely one, one thing that I've, uh, how to prioritize and organize my life into my work, not the best at. Um, <laughs> no, you and I and, are, are the exact same way with that. I was, <laughs> I was just talking to my wife yeah. about this. And I mean, you could not pay me to do doctor's appointments, go to the DMV, all of these little things that <laughs> you're tasked with in life. And I would, I just love having other people handle that as much as possible. Oh, absolutely. It's so, str- it's so stressful. <laughs> so <laughs> that, uh, and then, because, I mean, I've gotten situations where, you know, I show up to a flight uh, in, in Dubai heading to India and I don't have a visa. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? You need, you need one of those? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I feel like that bad. Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely it. Uh, and then the other thing that I, I work on is uh, being able to identify needs of other people while in a project. I'm very good at identifying people that belong inside a project. But again, it goes back to that sort of like uh, what what people are having going on in their lives and how that impacts a certain thing. Uh, I tend to get so focused that I will overlook it. So I'm actively trying to remember that <laughs> we're all human and we all have to do these things we got to do uh, and, and you know, be, become better at addressing the life needs of all the people I work with more so even than uh, the project needs. Big picture is great, uh, but only if the, every element and every person involved is happy and healthy in their day-to-day life too. So I, again, uh, you know, I, I will tell, I'll say no more travel and then I will book trips to three different countries in the next 30 days. And, <laughs> and I was like, that's not healthy. You can't do that. So I'm trying to get much better at that. I mean, it's clear that you're almost always focusing on other people and what you can do for them. Are you ever able to shut your mind off and kind of just think about yourself and relax? Yeah, of course. I think that uh, definitely. 
you know, I, I do that. And uh, I'm, you know, my, my fiance is, it really forces me to do that. My friends, my family. And it's not so much about, you know, because I'm not the smarter. Uh, I, I do think about other people and I actually think about it because I think when I first started getting into being a boss or managing people or, you know, really being someone that could look at you, I would, I didn't under, like I had it, there was a disconnect. I would, you know, I'd be like, why is this an issue? Like, or if someone came, you know, to me and was crying and be like, do you want to go home? Like, I never crossed my mind that like maybe they want to talk about it. <laughs> so I had to actively make this, that transition. Uh, and then for myself, you know, my life becomes better with thinking about the needs of the other people in my, around me, like my fiance, my family, my friends, because I will always jump to the work mode and I become healthier and happier if I sort of allow other people to take charge and say, we're going to do this today. Um, because I'll, I'll find a way to, to make off work will find its way into me going to the zoo. Like it's not, <laughs> so I have to, yeah. So I do think about, about myself and I think making an effort to think about other people is actively moving uh, as much away from that as possible. <laughs> I mean, you certainly have a lot going on. I mean, do you have any routines? I mean, what's a typical day like for you? Uh, is it at all structured or different super, every day? It is, it is and it isn't. I, I try to create structure, but I actually find discomfort in that type of environment. Uh, so I have an office. There's people here. My co-founder is amazing. He's here at night. Like he's the guy. So great. I also, you know, flexible, maybe he's more natural being a person, but, (laughs) (laughs) but for, for me, the moment I feel like I have to be somewhere, uh, and I don't understand why, if I have to be if someone says you have to be in the office at 9 a.m. and I get here and there's nothing going on, I get kind of annoyed. <laughs> so for me, it's more about meetings and schedules and because uh, if we're going to do big things, we're going to change the way, uh, make positive change in the world. It requires the key element, which is change. And so every day could change the next day. So when I fall into a routine, I don't feel like it feels a little too structured for me. Uh, and I do, I find I become really uncomfortable in that, in that type of flow. I mean, you just mentioned flow. Do you ever actually get into a flow state? I, I feel like sometimes it, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is I there anything more aware specifically when I you, fall you... out of it. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So like, uh, when, when you're in your zone of genius, what are you doing usually? Oh, just write, writing. Uh, going through, I could go, there are times where I'm like in a project and I'm kind of all over the place and I don't really know. And it's because I haven't made a solid decision and there's that period. But once the decision's made and I understand the next steps, uh, it's, I mean, I will go back and knock out emails from like three or four months earlier and say, sorry, I didn't get to this. And like you the next thing you know, we're on, we're on a roadmap. Um, so <laughs> it's, and you know, we, we slack and like my employees will definitely know because all of a sudden they're just getting bombarded with messages, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, so <laughs> there's, it's, I, I can accomplish three months of work in like four hours 
and have gone because I've done nothing for three months. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a kind of a a, a weird uh, a weird thing. But you know, no, um, I, but again, that goes back to constantly questioning, right? Uh, if if I know the answer is why am I doing this, I'll fall back into flow and I just get it. Uh, but there, it does take me a period of of questioning. I'm constantly doing that. So for every new project, there is a period where I'm like trying to figure out exactly how I fit and then I'll take off. Very cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fascinated by flow states. We had Stephen Kotler on a few months ago who who talks about tapping into that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always fascinated on that. I mean, but you're you're in a space where technology is affecting things so rapidly. So I mean, how do you stay mm -hmm. ahead of these trends? How do you know what's coming next? How do you prep your clients for things like that? Read. You, you read. You find sources that you can trust. Uh, and by that, I mean, look, there's motivational content, there's inspirational content, and then there's strategical content. It's all content. Uh, you need to find the places that are constantly, like I just joined and started a group in Telegram and I've done so much more listening and reading. What a great place to get updates on things. Um, and then setting setting alerts for changes. Uh, but uh, what I do is I actually follow the money. So any investments or uh, investments, indictments, lawsuits, things like that, uh, that follow uh, around acquisitions, you know, um, those are things that I follow because you can follow the trend of where a company's headed based on what they're acquiring and what they're investing in. I'm be way ahead of the game. So that's, that's definitely a great, great place. And everyone covers that stuff. So just setting up, you know, Facebook acquisition is a, is an alert or, it, you know, I tell everyone this, go into a Google search and search Google ventures investments, or actually now would be alphabet investments. And you can go pages deep before you get off that one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, follow the money. I mean, the the listeners, I'm sure, are just begging me to ask some some practical things in terms of where digital mm -hmm. marketing's heading. Anything they really need to be prepared for that you've come across in your studies? So there's an authenticity issue, and uh, what and what that means is, you know, Google went to to link building. There's a whole contributor movement that's really shifting. Uh, are these people legitimate? Are why are they doing this? Are people getting paid? There's you know we're questioning the, the media and what's going to become really really important are people. Uh, and every action you take, everyone you connect with, is a representation of who you are and your in your identity. Uh, you can guarantee that endorsements are going to become a much bigger thing and not just endorsements from big celebrities or influencers. And it's going to be from employees. People want to hear from the people that work there. They want to know, this is why Glassdoor, you know, really blew up. This is uh, why, you know, blogging took off Alex from Target with that huge campaign was such a success, branded content. People want to know like the internal workings of an organization or a company. Uh, and that's where storytelling is headed. And those signals, uh, because, you know, there's a, there's a, they did a study is a 560% increase in engagement when an employee shares your content versus uh, an influencer. Yet instead of giving our employees raises, we're paying tons of money to these influencers who do not care about you or your brand. They want the, the paycheck. Um, and so I think we're definitely going to see a shift in 
live, real content, completely people-based. And that'll inform a lot of what happens in search engines. And by search engines, I do mean Facebook search engine and YouTube search engine and Google search engine. Uh, also, the authenticity part being that we all have you know, GPS in our phone, so we know that you went there and you worked there every day. All of those, will be, be, you're going to become signals. Um, to to say, okay, this is a real brand, just the way putting your address on a website and having a real phone number and all of those things uh, went into place. And we saw back in the day, you know, contributor um, status with Google Plus. Well, now Facebook is doing it where, you know, the branded, you can tie your name as a contributor to a specific brand and then they have to accept and you'll actually see an increase in reach in that content because the author both and the publisher have been identified as real. Um, it's what's, it's basically just the result of the bot election. <laughs> so, um, but again, that's following the money and the big news. Uh, Facebook's getting sued. Maybe figure out why and assume that whatever they're being sued for is either going to go away or change drastically. I mean, such sound, valuable advice. Are there any apps, programs, things like that that you swear by and think most listeners probably wouldn't be using but should be? Telegram. I just downloaded it. It's incredible. Uh, it's an encrypted like chat platform you can have up to, I think, 100,000 people in a group. Lots of crypto talk, which, as everyone knows, crypto feeds into all of digital marketing because it's marketing in general is just become the... The, the the support system, if not <laughs> for all of these cryptocurrencies, that's the reason they, they crash. And definitely uh, check that out. It's e easy to access people, uh, really fun, interesting conversations. Um, I also think if I had to like look at what I'm using uh, for information, still really like Flipboard. <laughs> I think that's great. Great yeah, place because great. <laughs> not only... Do you, yeah, I mean, like, it sounds basic, but it's, it's amazing. Uh, that's, that's definitely one. Uh, BuzzSumo is a tool that I find incredibly useful uh, to figure out content that's done well, who shared it, who's influencing. I think the idea of influencer, we all go to the same 10 people that we hear about. Uh, there are micro-influencers, and you know what else I like to say is that uh, if, if the one thing I need in life, your mom is the decision maker for, you become the most influential person in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, being goal-based, and identifying the influencers who achieve those goals. Uh, and Buzzium is a great tool for them. I mean, you keep mentioning crypto. Is there one crypto we should just keep our eye on? Uh, again, uh, you know, I, I believe you should probably follow the one that's working with the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should probably follow the one that has billions of dollars invested from Alphabet and, you know, Bank of Singapore and... Uh, Think of you know Mexico and Deutsche Bank and uh, check out the board of directors for uh, for Ripple. I think it'll really kind of blow your mind. Um, not only that, they're technology based, so uh, they're processing transactions very quickly. They're following the rules. They're working with the biggest institutions. They are um, centralized currency, not decentralized. So it kind of defeats the purpose for all of you out there who loves the the decentralized thing. Um, I don't like to put my money in, uh, you know, necessarily in those things unless I know um, the, with the strategies behind it. 
Um, we're definitely going to see a change for sure uh, with crypto. You cannot, you can't take away the fact that people are starting to understand it. And the more they understand it, the the more it's going to become this top of mind thing. Uh, and we've seen it's disruption, right? Uh, it's also, yeah, I do. I think I think Ripple's uh, the next. I think it's the next one. Uh, and I think that's because they can process transactions very quickly. They don't require a counterparty, and uh, they're centralized and they work with the biggest banks. <laughs> so cool. yeah, no, I mean, that you went much deeper than I was <laughs> expecting there. So that was fun. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. a few more quick hit questions for you. What's the nicest thing anyone has ever done for you? Oh wow, that's a really really good question. Uh, the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me, I would probably say that. Uh, okay, this is this is, this is really nice. Um, it, was, it was offers, and I thought it was really nice. <laughs> um, uh, well, this guy I used to work for, I the first time I ever spoke at a conference, I got this really sexist comment uh, from the someone I was on a panel with the day before and I went to him and he, I said, oh, I'm just like so nervous because it's the first time I'm doing this. These are only important people. He said this thing and he said, what does he do? And uh, so I told him and he said, well, let's hire him. He's like the only, he's like the fastest way to, uh, the fastest way to win a power struggle is to pay someone. And he was willing to literally pay this guy to come on just so that I could pass him around <laughs> because he thought his like, sexist comment was so terrible. And <laughs> I didn't fall through with it. Uh, but the fact that he was willing to spend it, it wasn't, it wasn't an, an expensive, it was an expensive thing. Uh, it was not something we actually needed. And I was just uh, blown away that this person that I worked for uh, was that willing to be supportive uh that same person also you know one time i had a client who cc'd him and uh emailed me just destroyed me like where is this where is this um and he responded he's like instead of attacking her you should be thanking her for all the hard work she's doing and then he emailed me and said tell, please tell me everything's okay <laughs> and i thought it, it changed the way i viewed the world uh, it changed the way I viewed relationships and also, I think, kind of how I was able, how I prioritized myself. So those were really valuable for me. I mean, that's awesome. When you have people like that in your corner, uh, it just makes life so mm -hmm. much better. One more final quick totally. hit. What's the most memorable day in your business career? Oh, uh, you know, I think it really was uh to be honest it's our christmas party <laughs> because uh i was looking around the room and i and i we had you know an office and clients and people and all of these people and i saw like the, the team and the people that were important to them and how they are interacting with each other on this very personal level uh and i realized like wow we responsible for like like this like these this livelihood uh you know the financial stability and i can't believe we got to a place where we're like we're like we feel safe uh 
we work with people we like. They actually watch bring their family around us. <laughs> uh, so it was, that was a, a surreal, surreal moment. Um, definitely. Well, I mean, Cynthia, this has been awesome. It's funny. I'm looking at my notes right now, and I must have the word people circled and highlighted 30 <laughs> sometimes. So that's definitely going to be my biggest takeaway. But I also want to know about, you've got a book coming out in 2019, don't you? Mm-hmm. Can, you, uh, can yep. you preview that at all? Any idea what that's going to be about? Yeah, so it's about, it's a, it's my my take on personal branding. So uh, how to do it, why to do it for people who are not necessarily trying to be be famous, but understand that this that they need to step up to the plate so that the world doesn't fall apart uh, by these talking heads. Um, <laughs> so we, we talk we talk about you know this uh, idea of you know an identity matrix and how you fit into it and how to achieve goals both strategically um, more from a systems uh, way of thinking uh, and why to do it. Uh, and so we look at. Uh, all the different types of opportunities uh, and how to really pull yourself into becoming the center of influence uh, to achieve goals for yourself and for your business. Well, I can't wait to read that. Hopefully we can get you back on uh, during the release, but anywhere else uh, cool. the fans and listeners should be checking you out at? Yes, I'm uh, at Twitter and Instagram at, at Cynthia Live. It's CynthiaLive.com. And then my email is Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com. Email me. Uh, you know, I try to get back to people in a timely, timely manner. But uh, and if I don't get back to you, email me again and just assume I didn't see it. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, great. Yeah, well, awesome. Thank you we'll so much for having notes. me. No, thank you, Cynthia. This was a blast. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new brain stick pack. Perfect before a workout or study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. 
Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.